Welcome to another episode of the Cool Tool Show and Tell. Our special guest this week is Josue Moreno. So, Josue, would you like to introduce yourself to our audience? Yes. Hello. Th thank you for having me here, Kevin. Um, I'm quite, uh, um, well, I am a, a composer and musician, but I... My what I do for composition is a little bit extended, so I could be called a, a, a sound artist. So, so yeah, and I'm I'm living in in Finland, even though I'm from Spain. And I I besides my composition projects, I work at the university at the Sibelius Academy, University of the Arts, teaching at the music technology department. That's what I do. Okay, so you're a musician and a composer. Well, welcome. I'd love. To hear more about that, I think maybe some of your tools will be related. So, Hoshwe, um, tell us about um, your one of your favorite tools. Yes, well, this tool has been actually with me a, a lot of time. I think first time I found this one was uh, by chance in 2011. So uh, since then, I've been quite a... And it's this uh, uh, mobile, uh, Roland Mobile Cube. I still have this one with the, with the label. Um, and you're holding up something... These, uh, you're holding up a little self-contained box about the size yes. of um might be about 30 centimeters uh, yeah. long and then it's like this a big lunchbox 18 size. yes yes by yes. 30 centimeters yes. it's not very thick yeah for the american audience it's about a foot wide about eight inches high and maybe five inches yes. thick and with a strap on the top yes Yes, and it has two speaker cones or two right. tweeters, let's say, or, or uh, right. and then we have a strap to hold right. it. Yes. So in the old days, we might have called that a boombox. Yes, but this one is slightly smaller. Okay. But yeah, a boombox is actually quite a quite a good thing. And um, why I'm using this one? It's uh, because nowadays you might think uh, that this is it looks a little bit retro because uh, we have like actual connectors here. Yeah, that you have a RCA and then you have mini jack and and uh, water. Right. You're on the uh, side. He jack. shows he's showing a bunch of connectors on the side. They're all the old yes. fashioned audio connectors. The red and white. Yes. Plug. And so the RCA. The, yeah. Yes. Uh, and then you have the knobs on top you have different yeah you have a bunch of knobs depending on what you are connecting if you are connecting right. a microphone or if you are connecting an instrument and then you can have a, a delay and, and some right. effects so 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 yeah. my understanding about this boombox is it's not just like a cassette recorder it's actually an amplifier that you can yes, plug in yes. instruments like a microphone or yes. a guitar or or something Yes, it has some fancy, uh, not fancy, but uh, some kind of consumer-based things. Like, like it has a button here that if you are plugging a, something that is playing a song, you can cancel the center, so you can do um, um, karaoke yeah. with this uh, because it's uh, it removes the singer from the from the oh, audio. I see. I see. Uh, but why well, I'm using this one uh, because uh, it's wired. Um, and it means that uh, you can plug anything that is looseless audio. You don't need to be dependent on the quality of wireless communication. And you can um, plug to anything and then affect this one. And you can have more than one thing connected to here. And the first time I used this one was in a, in a sound installation that this would go behind the actual uh, visual object. and and through uh, so the thing is you can uh, place it in several positions and it's always nice and the thing is that the final trick is that it's a uh, battery operated so okay. you can have a six six double a i see things so they're kind of they're um, they're not they're kind of the replaceable batteries although you could use rechargeables but they are yes, a battery yes. built you in. can use a rechargeable and you can plug it to power the uh, adapter to power and and so yes. so, I, so i see how i see how this might be useful for someone doing street performing like they're kind of you know a busker or somebody who's on the street yes a subway they could bring this along you can plug in your microphone or guitar or both and then you have a little tiny yes. miniature amplifier and speaker 
what are some of the other uses for this yes the the, the why i'm using it uh, very much is because uh, this is not too heavy it might be about two kilos and a half or something like that and then the 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 thing is that i what i do projects i do projects in public spaces but i use a very large amount of of loudspeakers or transducers to transduce sound or it's this contact loudspeakers things sometimes i use as many as 96 so that that's too much if i want to prototype and the spaces are very large and that you would need lots of cable but i can bring four or six of these place them in different places in the public space i'm going to do and test different sounds and and being quite um, invisible myself like you know there is not a lot of technology to be shown at the point so i could actually see how people react to the sounds themselves so there is not a lot of people asking what is this fancy technology but they are listening to the sounds and how they work on okay. on the space so that is uh, i use them from prototyping my large scale projects but also for instance in performance this is quite nice the strap and i have had a uh, a choir, for instance, uh, making this uh, walking performance and the audience following, and then they would carry a, a player and this in the hand. So then they could be running and going up, upstairs, downstairs, or doing all sorts of things with this, which is uh, quite convenient because instead of having to relay on very um, sophisticated algorithms for specializing audio. I can just actually bring the audio to the places physically like this. Okay. And so, um, so it looks like it uh, retails for around $220. Um, yes. So that's yes. pretty, pretty reasonable for, um, and they also like, like Roland makes larger versions of their cube as well. Um, yes, but, but for you, for you, this is kind of the sweet spot. Yeah, right. The portability so, is, um, and um, yes, I, I know just from my walking around that there seem to be um, a bunch of other miniature amp uh, speaker combinations that street performers use. H how does this compare mm -hmm. with some of the other ones that are available? Well, uh, I particularly like this one because the stereo image is still quite, uh, like, it's very wide. So you could uh, have only one loudspeaker and have the sensation of having more than one. This this one, I like it. And and uh, for the kind of sounds I play, this is the one that uh, goes best with it. Because it tends and, to fill a, fill a room. Is for, for you, it's mostly yes. just room rather than being outside. Yeah, so when it's outside, it's it's still like if you are facing it, then you still have the sensation of having two loudspeakers. So uh -huh. if I do a little bit like that, then I can get all sort of uh, reflections uh, from the same. Whether most of the most of the other amplifiers they are usually mono because it, it makes more sense. Mm -hmm. Yes, and many of them are actually marketed to guitarists that they want to rehearse when they are in hotel rooms and things like that, that they still need an amplifier for the electric guitar. Uh, they are very small ones that are still very powerful. But uh -huh. this is kind of the sweet spot. Okay. And do you, if you weren't a musician, is there any, uh, could you double, I mean, does it have input to put a phone, um, to jack the yes. phone in so that you could play your music and like outside at a party or something? Yeah, yeah, this, uh, they have an aux in, and then you can have uh, all sorts of, like here it has an equalizer, a very simple equalizer, and then reverb and delay. Uh -huh. And the, it is, yeah, this is the one that uh, if you are in, in a party and you want to sing along in a karaoke style, you just right. press this one and the singer disappears from the from the audio so that you can sing uh, any song you are playing in. Wow, so, how, how does it do that? Uh, well, because most of the most of the audio uh, or most of the recordings they have always the singer in the center. Uh -huh. So if you uh, invert the face, then you can play with the face cancellation and remove everything that's in the center. Wow! Cool. Okay, yes. that's neat. 
All right. Well, that's a great one. Yes. Thank you for for that. That's the Roland Mobile Cube. Um, yes. And uh, yeah, it's about two hundred dollars on on Amazon. So um, that's a great find. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah. First time I found it, it was hundred and thirty euros, which was back then even smaller pricing in dollars. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's a. Uh, 13 years ago or so. Yeah. Yeah. But you also may be able to find news versions of it, I would imagine, too. Yes. Um, right. Yes. eBay. So, um, okay. Um, Josue, what's another tool that you would recommend? Yeah. Well, this tool is basically my life let's let's <laughs> first time i was in, in 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 the university and i was forced to learn this i i really hated every single bit of it but uh, i think most of most of my career has developed with the same development of the software and it's this piece called max so this is this is software that runs on um uh it runs on macintosh and windows Okay, so it runs on laptops and um, uh, it's some kind of music software, it looks like. So we're seeing a picture of a laptop screen with um, a bunch of different, um, uh, I don't know you call it, charts or windows, and there's a keyboard. Yes, it, it's uh, it's basically like the, the experimental musician kind of thing, like uh, probably one famous uh, was the, the, the Radiohead they used. Uh, Max, uh, Max okay. uh, back then it was called Max MSP, and right. this was uh, developed dec decades ago. First at Ircam in, in France by Miller Packet, and and then it, it became a, a company uh, in itself with with Ciccarelli in I believe in LA. They, they were based on San Francisco actually. Uh, so uh, this is just. Um, Graphic, graphic flow chart um, programming environment that you just have one box that does something that generates a random uh, number within a range, and then that random numbers get sent to the different places that do something with that number. And then at the end, you can generate sound or video or just uh, MIDI information or or So, OSC, so I'm, which, I'm, uh, I'm trying to understand. So it looks like you could, um, are, you taking, are you taking like virtual instruments and you're kind of drag and drop, you're kind of moving them around in a flow chart way saying this thing goes to here and then it goes over here and this one comes back yes. here and you're moving things around and are is this, uh, um, are the little squares that you're moving around that that are the inputs and outputs? Are they actually just a virtual thing, or do, do they actually are they hooked up, or do they actually move the inputs around in a virtual way? I'm not I'm not really clear what level you're working here. Is this just a representation of a physical circuit, or is this actually the circuit that you're moving? I think this is the actual circuit. Uh, it, like, it's supposed, um, you know, because um, you could uh, plug it to the external world, either having the external world as an input or like here the, in the examples, they have some sensors and a contact microphone here, but it can be anything coming in. And then- and, and um, Where does it go into? It, 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 where does the, yes. let's say you have a contact microphone on one here and here you have a, Underwater microphone, and here you have maybe a little drum head. Where do those yes. inputs go to? So let me. So for instance, if I would be to to get the, the microphone coming just right here, and for instance, I would record it uh, audio file okay, here. here. Um, this. For the listeners, where, where is here? What do you mean here? Oh yes, sorry, yes, yes. So basically, this uh, if you open Max first time, it's just an open canvas. It's blank, blank. And now I'm showing a perfectly blank window. Uh, but then you you have all sort of boxes that are uh, uh, programming interfaces in itself. So so um, each box each box is an object that does one particular thing very well. So for instance, uh, if you have a buffer then uh, this means that you are buffering or, or keeping in, in the memory 
some audio file, but it can be also a video file right. or, or right. Okay. sensor data. Right. So, so there could be there could be little um, you know behaviors or, or processes or filters. We can understand that. But yes. again, if you have if you have a contact microphone and a physical yes. thing, where where are they plugged into? Yeah, you can plug it, for instance, to a record object that then records that information to the no, buffer. I mean, where does the wire, the wire, or physical wire go to? Oh, well, that goes through an audio interface. Yes, yes. You need to have a way of con con contacting to your computer. Okay. It's, uh, like, yeah, Max is basically only software, right? but, but it has a lot of uh, properties. Uh, and so the thing, for instance, this, I'm showing here an example in which you can have an audio file that can be a recording of a bird. And then if you press a button and analyzes it, uh, then it, it transcribes it into a score, into a musical score, for instance. So and, and uh, so this uh, can be very useful, for instance, if you are writing music to perform along certain kind of words or 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 if you just want to bring the musicality of those birds into your music composition. But at the same time, uh, because this interacts with all sort of information, depending on how you actually plug that to the computer. So right. uh, you can have a, um, well, we've connected this in the, in the Shanghai pavilion, the Finnish pavilion they did for the Shanghai World Expo back in 2010. Uh, we had a video screen that was 47 meters long and they were generating some bubbles and the bubbles have to burst in particular places along that curve, 47 meters long screen. So there were not many softwares that could uh, do that without having a, like a real programming, like, like, you know, like low level programming or some, uh, okay. I don't know, C or C++, but when you had to, but with Max, it's kind of good for the brain of the musicians, but it doesn't make much sense for everybody else. It's, uh, it's just basically you just uh, have an object that has an input, and then uh, you do something to the input, and then it has an output that goes travels through the wire right. to another place. And then you, so I use this software for a lot of things. And for instance, this is the one of the installations I did in a winter garden. You're showing a plan here. here of a building from the top view, kind of like a blueprint of a very large uh, building that seems to have like a ballroom in the center. And um, yes. what we see are, um, I guess maybe these are speaker locations um, throughout the the building, and you, I guess, have them hooked up in some way. Yes. So this is just the the visual part, but uh, if I would unlock this, you will see uh, now I unlock the patch and then you see that the map is just an image and then I have one object sending all the audio through the through yellow wires. Like a wiring diagram, but I, uh, presumably this is this is the route of the sound as it goes through the yes. different parts of the process. Yes, so the nice thing of this is that uh, Instead of using a very complex uh, visualizer uh, or, or visualization software, that what I would just use is send the audio to uh, one of these U meters. Uh, uh, so then I would see the, the needle moving or, yeah. or the peak meter moving. And I, because it's a very complex, like 96 audio channels, you it's very difficult to actually know sure. if okay. you are sending the audio to the right place. So. Sure. So, so, uh, so I guess, so, you know, there, there are like lots of sound software, like logic or something that would be used where you're kind of having a single output, you know, like a, you're going to have a, an audio file that you're going to record or something. And maybe you have a limited number of inputs, but this software, this max seems to be useful for when you have multiple kinds of outputs and yes. an un, unlimited number of different kinds of inputs. And you're doing different yes. things to them, so it's it's much more versatile in that sense of, as you said, trying to create an environment, a sound environment, or anything experimental. So, so the Mac software, what's the deal on that? So, how much does it cost? Um, yes, um, yes. Just before, before, like one nice thing that now they added is is an extension of the software that is called Rainbow. Okay, and this and that means that you can program this thing 
as sophisticated as you want and then and then export it as code so you can generate a, a interactive website or plug it into oh i see you, elevator you mean you can take you say code meaning that it's uh reduces it down to like an app is that what you mean by code yeah you can make it as a javascript or c plus okay. plus and and then embed it into machines i see so so what you're showing so is very nice you're showing in the beginning you're showing a, a toggling between a the flow diagram the flow chart of all these things and then it it toggles and it i guess compiles into a nice little web page with a beautifully designed interface is that right yes 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 so this is actually very nice software if you when you were mentioning the the circuits things and and the uh, yeah, I, one of my teachers, Caleb Teets, he he used to generate uh, circuitry first prototyping with Max, hmm. and, and so he could very easily figure out the logic of it, and then he would go with a soldering iron and do the things. And okay. So, so yeah, the the there is one you can buy the license. Uh, I think. Um, it's uh, how much was it like the license that they, um, yeah, it's, and so it's a is, it here. sounds like, is it a one-time thing? Is it a subscription? Yes, it's a, it's a one time. Yeah. It's, you can subscribe, subscribe by for nine, nine, yeah, $10 a month. And you can have an annual subscription that, uh, gets right. two months off, uh, but also you can buy it for 400. Okay. A life dollars, four hundred dollars lifetime. Yeah, they they used to um, update it very often, and they keep adding externals yeah. and things like that. Yeah, and and there is a educational discount for this as well. It's almost fifty percent. I see educational discount. Okay, so um, yes. So if you're yeah, so if you're into experimental music or making music environments, this sounds like a something you should consider. Are there alternatives? Are there competitor um, software? Yeah. How is it, how is it different? Yeah, the, there is like the, the biggest thing is that uh, Miller Packard, who was the, the one who invented uh, Max uh, to interface with the Forex synthesizer, he, he, then he was not happy with the development or I don't know what happened, but uh, he continued, he went on himself with his uh, own version of this and it's pure data. Uh, uh, PED, I think. Uh, so I can send you the link for yeah. this. And it, it, how does it how does it compare to this? Well, the thing is that pure data keeps this uh, very raw way, like it's yeah, black and white. And the philosophy of it is that if you print the software, anybody can know what the software is doing because the cables are clearly connected and okay. and all this and and. It stays very much with the within the realm of the. It's developed at the University of San Diego, California, and um, yeah, the thing is that because it's open source, uh, there are many different forks, okay. uh, and so then they have like the pure data that Miller Packard keeps developing on himself. That yeah. that's called the vanilla version, and then there are like the there used to be this. Yeah. Uh, um, extended and so on, and you never really know what object is going to continue working or not. Yeah, right. And so the benefit of, 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 yeah, yes. so I guess the benefit is that it's open source, and that probably means that it's free or cheap and open source. Yes. So, so that's that's the main difference. Okay. Yes, yes. And but but Max has really take off like it in in terms of stability uh things yeah. because uh now you can embed it into softwares like like ableton live that is uh, also competitive to logic let's say so okay yeah so you would use this in conjunction with using a logic or something is that right yes usually inside ableton live that uh that if there is some particular sound processing that doesn't exist the way you want it then you can just tweak a little bit and and, and make your own version. Okay. Or if you are doing a theater performance, then you can have different scenes. 
running with these generative systems. Yes. Okay. So, Hoshui, tell me a third tool that you're excited by. Yes. Yes. So the the so one part of my life is this making music with algorithms and all these large scale installations. But then, of course, as any university researcher and 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 as an artist the most of the time you spend is actually writing so either reporting grant application but also uh, publishing uh, books or things like that uh, so the the next tool is one tool that i am quite fond of and and it's uh, overleaf it's the google docs for for uh, latex like you know latex. latex yeah. Yes. Right. So, 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 so uh, for those who don't know about LaTeX, LaTeX is the language and the protocol that people use to write formulas and very complicated mathematical equations and all the kind of very arcane and uh, difficult things it would be to generate in your Google Doc, right? And so, yes, LaTeX is if you're doing any kind of scientific publishing. It's the standard protocol formatting for for doing scientific and uh, mathematical equations and formulas. So um, yes. you're suggesting this is uh, it, is it the only or is it the best way to do that latex? Well, with latex, uh, the 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 extra thing I like about latex is that besides, of course, I have to type out uh, algorithms and things like that, and it's very difficult with other software, but uh, or more boring, let's say. But uh, but what you have to do um, also is that when you are writing in this typesetting format, is that you only think of the content. And then everything else gets uh, in the right place, like all the hyphenation at the end of the of the sentences and so on, because when you are not a native uh, American like a speaker, you know, your, your English is your, your mother tongue, then it's kind of difficult to figure out where is the hyphen going and <laughs> when to split the sentence. So, yeah. this kind of, so, so this is uh, why I fell in love with later because uh, yeah, when something is in a place, then it will stay in that place. If you move a picture, everything else stays <laughs> properly formats and and the and you can have all sort of fonts but the difference why i like uh, why i like overleaf is because i'm going to share now my screen if you don't mind it's uh, is that the the you can have it online and access it anytime uh the most recent version of latex you don't have to install the repositories on your so screen it's like, it's like google docs in that sense it's like a google Shared on yes. Google, it's in the cloud. So, 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 Overleaf is sort of a cloud version of a LaTeX editor. Um, and um, so, what are some of the other? Uh, um, does it is it a subscription? Is it um, yes? Um, there is a free plan. Yeah. Uh, here, when you say Explore Plus, there is one free that uh, you can be only you. And okay. then you have a certain number of, of, of uh, files you can actually be editing. And then there is a standard that is 179 per year euros. for a professional yeah. that is, that is uh, yes, yeah, euros, yeah, sorry. Uh, right, right. And, and three. Looks like if you were a single person wanted to try out, you can get, get here started for free to see if you use it. And it becomes more expensive if you start to use it for collaborating, which often many scientific papers do or in fact all of them these days are collaborations and so this might be a yes a way to justify the um the per year charge the purchase, yes 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 and, but the, the nice thing is that many many universities are actually working on on uh they have an account so for instance my university here the university of the arts they do have a uh subscription so i don't have to right be taking care of this uh, and, and and it's nice because you can have two three people collaborating on this and many universities they do have uh they contribute with uh with uh, templates and all sort of 
yeah, so you can have like, for instance, I the first time I used this one was uh, I needed to write very quickly a grant application, and I just searched for the best template to make the reading the easiest version and uh, you know yeah. for grant readers that they need to read a lot then uh, this helped me a lot right. and and the thing is for instance the my my own uh, doctoral dissertation is done with a template facilitated by NYU uh, New York University so the the th the thing is that uh, now I'm showing what is that my actual dissertation, but you have on the on the left side you have your directory or your pre, and then in the center you have the actual latex that is quite nice. Uh, also for citations, like you just specifying the style, what you want uh, to type on uh, the the style of your citations, and then if you just say uh site so right. you open that one and then when you select that you can just right uh choose it's, so so it's a citation. Yeah, it's yeah. appearing now yeah so so um yeah it's it's sort of like a markup language um and and you're adding yes markup languages to it but it's much more aimed that rather than to a web page is it's aimed to kind of format a paper publication is something that will be you know like a yes document. yes and so you have yes i'm for instance things of yes. uh, of formatting and then placement and then i just said citations and making it easy to put in a footnote or, or a reference or uh, end yes. notes and stuff yes, like and you that. don't have to care about everything gets ordered by itself in this in the references right. and uh and, and right. all this and and change the color of the entire uh hyperlinks for yeah. the printing yeah. version versus the online version but the nice thing of this is just to add an extra thing is that if you are collaborating with somebody that doesn't know how to use latex then you can have also the visual editor and i'm now pressing on a, on a tab and then you can have a yeah uh, the, the there is text here in blue that are, they are just comments but then uh, the quote levels are shown here clearly and and it looks just now like basically basically more like google docs right uh, yeah so if somebody is not a latex user they still they can collaborate with you without uh, scratching yeah. their heads learning a new syntax okay all right so this um, is called, this is called over overleaf and it's a cloud-based yes. latex editor for the latex markup language um yes for, for mostly for people doing somewhat academic ish or professional kind of um, documents um so yes. um Hushway, what's what's your fourth uh, tool you'd like to share with us yes so uh it's also related to writing because i use later once i know what i'm gonna write and what sure. is the structure and the content uh, but sometimes you need to figure out uh how to think uh, about something, or what is the right order, uh, and this and and there are many tools for writers, the writers that write novels and long format books, uh, things like that. Uh, so the but uh, software like Scrivener, for instance, I find it once it it has too many things, and also it looks like a little bit bloated to me, like a little bit too romantic. You know, it's a, this has this pseudo skeuomorphic version. Like the design is like is meant for the. For I'm the, sorry, I missed the beginning. Which which one is this? That's too romantic. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm I'm just criticizing Scrivener that it doesn't work for me. Oh, Scrivener. Because it's, Scrivener. Uh, it's just Scrivener. Okay. Yes, Scrivener. Okay, Scrivener yes, is too uh, too romantic, too cluttered for for you in terms of yeah as a writing tool. So, so, so for the yes. listeners, Scrivener is a kind of like a card, uh, index card based. Um, there are little chunks that, that you do and you move those chunks around and then you can kind of aggregate them very easily at the end. So that seems to be the overarching motif yes. for that one. So um, yes. you're, 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 you're recommending another, a different app. It's called yes. Ulysses, right? Yes. And so this, how this is, is this better? Is, is, yeah. The thing is that it 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 does the same as Scrivener, but uh, 
yeah, it, it just looks uh, a little bit more, more um, I don't know, easier to use uh, in, in the sense. So, so it's cleaner in, in, in at least for my brain, you know, because uh, when you're writing, it's uh, you have to, it, it's a very personal uh, kind of thing what motivates you. So in in the Ulysses w website, they where it is now here, they do show and and this is also markdown. So you know you can type in uh, uh, one hash and then that will be the title. Things like that. But but when you look at it, it just looks wide like an open white page. Uh -huh. uh, so everything it's uh, so. Yeah, but, if I show now my action, yes. But what, why don't you use, use Google Docs? That's pretty minimal. There's there's no real clutter on a Google Doc. Yes, I'm 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 going there. Yes, because for instance, this is this is my actual. <laughs> Again, I I was trying just to put uh, examples of <laughs> my uh -huh. doctoral dissertation, but this is before the doctoral dissertation. Uh, this is the work I did. So you. Um, have these cards here on the side. Okay. And I'm just showing kind of these tabs uh, that yeah. are uh, vertically arranged and, and you can group them. So if, if, if I select one that belongs to a group, all the others get selected. So you can group them by chapter and then you can drag and drop things in right. and inside the chapter. Right. So I'm now dragging uh, different sections so I can reorder the things uh, and the nice thing in here is as well that uh, I'm just thinking on the content itself. Uh, so you can drag pictures here and then they will display properly. Yeah, and you can have comments that they look in red. And now I have this setting that is this typewriting uh, system that only keeps your uh, sentence in the center always, and then it highlights it. Uh, but where the magic starts happening with this is that uh, you have all these uh, uh, other tools here hidden. That is like um, it can you can go to your comments. You're, you're showing something on the right side of the of your document or the screen. You're you're calling down like a drop down of um, so. There's on the left column are the organizational cars in the center is the text you're working on. And on the right is another column that is yes. drop-down functions. Yes. So in one tab, you have like, it's this um, review uh, revision mode and you have, you can review your comments and also you can check your text and, and it's multilingual. So you can check in, in many different languages, uh, but also you have a dashboard that uh, just comments your uh, here now when you open the dashboard and you have uh, uh, kind of the st stats about your yeah. writing and right. and you can uh, set up kind of uh, how many words you want to write every day or how many yeah so uh, I, it looks and, like and the, the main the main advantage this has over say Google Docs which is very very simple and flat is that there's sort of an outlining function here where you can add some yes. organizational structures of having sections and chapters and sub subsections and things that are grouped below and above. And so you can kind of do a little bit of a hierarchical outlining function as well as yes. just, you know, having a shared doc in the cloud. Um, and presumably yes. this is, this is, um, it's in the cloud, meaning that you can collaborate with other people on it as well. Is that right? Does it do track changes? Yeah, the, you can use it on the cloud. You can use it as a, as an app itself. I have it as an app, and my backup is in iCloud uh, mm -hmm. on the Apple ecosystem. But I mean, is it collaborative uh, like a the, Google Doc? Uh, you could, you could, but probably this one is not as as good for collaboration. This one is more for, you know piecing things together because the the you know you reorder and then you add uh, comments around here and then you can use one of these cards to be only material so it doesn't doesn't get printed but it's just your reference That's and the nice thing is that then you can share when you uh, this is also one of the things that made me fall in love like when you click on export then you get all sort of 
for instance, if you have it into Doc, so this would be a Microsoft uh, Office regular Word processor. Yeah. yeah, but you can also have it like a PDF and they will get a different layout, a slightly different, and then you can public as an EPUB. So it will have as a, a, a electric publication or, or uh, HTML. Mm -hmm. And all these things, the, the beauty of this is that you can connect it to your WordPress account and mm -hmm. add a, a blog post to, to your website and things like that. So yeah, yeah, if okay. you want to be very efficient, this yeah. is this is probably the thing you do. Okay, so tell us about the economics. Uh, this is Ulysses. It runs on Mac and Windows. Uh, no, I'm sorry. This one is Mac and iOS devices. So, so okay. you can have it in your iPhone, and yes, it's only uh, Apple Apple okay. thing. They they yeah. It it's probably one of the downsides of this one, though, but. Uh, uh, the pricing is not expensive. It's like forty dollars per per year, or six dollars, and month. there, or six dollars per month. And there is academic discount on this as well. Okay. Um. Alrighty. So, um, Pushway, that's that's very good. Some good tools, productivity tools. Thank you for for those. Um, tell us a little bit about um your passion project. What what are you passionate about these days? What are you working on that you'd like to share with um, with this audience? Yeah, well, the, the thing is that when you are a musician, a composer, and a researcher, most of what you do is a, is a passion uh, project, yeah. and it's your work itself, and it's also a kind of a, yeah, a cause that you have. And and for me, the, the main cause I do have is actually I want to... Uh, or or I love when people stay outdoors, uh, but not only in the countryside, but also in the city, and they stay outside together. So lots of people from many different backgrounds, from many different uh, age groups together coexisting. And, and I believe that sound is one of the tools we have for that, that, that is uh, in material cost is, is quite cheap. Uh, and, and I decided to align myself with this practice of, of urban acupuncture. Of, of, say that again, of, of what? Basically, yeah, urban acupuncture. Air, airborne? Uh, urban, like for the city. Urban, oh, uh, urban, urban. urban acupuncture? Yes, yes. Urban acupuncture. Okay. Yes. What's... So uh, what they state is that uh, when when uh, when a public space does not fully work, and the uh, people don't want to stay there or they don't feel safe or these kind of things, probably it. you don't need to to tear down the entire neighborhood and build it again. But one small change in which the people has some say, that that would improve the overall circulation of the thing in the same way of acupuncture. Uh, working so the thing is that uh, i i presented the sonic take on this and uh, i've been very lucky of doing large scale projects on this like one of the biggest one was in the central railway station here in helsinki that there was this very dodgy tunnel that the people had to cross but they were not feeling particularly safe there and 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 just by making a little bit warmer the place and and show that there was somebody taking care of it or or putting some love, and then the people started engaging with the with the place and figuring out <laughs> walking slower and on, on the place and 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 yeah and talking about this with just passersbys and and lot of Instagram posts and things like that. So so at the end you should. Uh, that was running for the three darkest months in in Finland, which is very dark, and that provided this after going to work and and going back home a much nicer experience. What was I the intervention that you did? People. I didn't understand the intervention that you that was installed there. What was what was the well, thing that made the difference? Yeah, the thing is that the the in that particular tunnel you have a very clear 
uh, walking path is pretty much straight. And then on top of that, the trains pass in a perpendicular way, uh, on a, yeah, in a perpendicular path. So the thing is that the there is this huge sound coming from the trains, but also um, the lighting in the place was not the best uh, taken care of. Yeah. Uh, the ceiling was not particularly, and, and that led that, uh, especially in 2020, mm. basically that tunnel became the uh, toilet, you know, and and this yeah. kind of like, it was pretty unsafe to go around and, and not too nice. Right. So what I did was first, they we clean up the entire place, and we made it a little bit better with the lighting. We made it warmer, and I transform the passer, the train passing on top of that, as if as if that could be somebody striking a chord in a, a string in a guitar, and we would be inside the body of the guitar. So whenever there will be a train passing, I'm making then it's all sort of this sonic warmth will come to you as a resonance and, and how did you so do that would... how, how did you make how did you make that change was it i can see trains going over you can't really stop the train from making noises are you are you masking the 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 the, the noise in some way no i actually use this i i use the sound that's that's one thing i believe like sometimes instead of suppressing it's better to mm -hmm. include it into a bigger picture thing. So, so, so what I did is what I placed some microphones uh, along the place. Uh, so it was a very large tunnel, very long. So depending on where the train is passing, then that area will become a hot spot, uh, and it will be like, and then that will become into, you know, something like that, and it will be. It was very very nice experience and and you know all, as a side effect that I didn't expect also when there was somebody dropping a large suitcase or somebody would slam it or also the installation would react. Mm, uh, and so so you uh, you, took, you took the sound of the train and you kind of used it as an ingredient to make a larger a larger more distinctive sound built around that and you kind of transformed it into to a more pleasant sound using yes, microphone yes. and speakers yes yes okay. and the and the max software in between like sure, the max sure. i right. showed to to yeah because i think what what makes a sound being uh, annoying is mostly that it's out of context uh or or you know or or too insistent or or extremely loud or, or you know or to continue. So if you do something about it, sometimes you don't really need to get rid of the trains, but right. <laughs> but uh, make them as a aesthetic offer. Yeah. Okay. And you call that um, urban sonic ac acupuncture? This idea that you're going to add a little, a little disturbance, a little excitation in somewhere that would then increase circulation yes. somewhere else or solve a problem. That's beautiful. Um, yes, and if I have a minute, yeah, uh, it would be just like also I did a kind of a portable version for for uh, the radio because in 2020 a lot of people had to be in the same place for a lot of time or take very short walks. So mm -hmm. I used sound and some little perceptual exercises for them to walk around with the with headphones and then uh, uh, find every time new things on their environment. So so again. This was an opportunity of uh, enforcing my cause of uh, uh, making people lives a little bit uh, nicer by using sound. Well, well, I think it's a great place to end. Thank you for your efforts in that. Thank you for being aware. And thank you for taking time and sharing your tools with us for others who might want to do the same thing, to use sound as a way to better people's lives. Um, I appreciate your um, volunteering for this. And... Um, I really appreciate your um, your spirit in in trying to um, okay. use sound to make our lives better. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me here. It's a pleasure. Thank sure. you. This year, our Cool Tools blog will be twenty years old, which means we've been posting something new every day for twenty years. It's only possible because of the very engaged and knowledgeable readers and listeners like yourself. 
you've kept this place going and we are very grateful for you. With this idea of 20 years in mind, um, we decided to try an experiment this year and I'm inviting our guests and listeners to join me on our Cool Tool Show and Tell, which is the program that you're listening to right now. So if you feel you'd make a good guest on this podcast and have four uncommon tools that you'd like to share with us, um, please sign up on our form on the website and we'll see about inviting you. You must be comfortable taking all, talking on a video and um, you need to have some tools that you can show. Um, we record on, as you know, on Zoom. We do a YouTube version, a visual video version of it, as well as an audible version. Fill out the form if you're interested and um, list your four, four cool tools and we'll see if there's a good fit. The applications aren't guaranteed in any way. Um, and we're looking at tools that are new to us and appropriate tools and um, whether the times will work for you. So um, we're really interested in hearing from people all over the world, not just in the U.S., although the tools have to be available online, easily available online. And um, if you are a longtime listener, you kind of know what the definition of our tools are. They're very broad. They can be anything that's handy, from something in the kitchen to something used to travel to a workshop to something professional that we may not know about. We're really interested in things that we don't know anything about. So um, this is an open invitation. We'll give it a try. If you think you make a good guess for this podcast, um, fill out the form. There'll be a link somewhere on our website. Um, and we look forward to, to chatting with you. Thank you.